0: Live Bar. on the Freak Radio Network. Broadcasting from the Lucas Oil yeah. Studios. Driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. 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 Motorsports Radio redefined. With Kenny Sargent. Aging Doctor Douchebag. Crash Gladys. Get in Crash Position. And me. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Don't no freak. Tormental
1: Freak Nation. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night, resuming with our affiliates. Uh, Coming up this hour, Freak Nation, the keen Richard Petty will be here in the Freak Nation. Thank you guys for hanging out. Crash Gladys, Pit News and Notes, brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Go to GeneralTire.com. It's GeneralTire.com. Let's check out the finest rubber for your righteous rides, man. Summer's here. I don't care where you live, man. It's hot. Get yourself some new General Tires. Go to generaltire.com. Crash or give us a pit news notes, will you?
2: All right, both the IndyCar and Imps Sports Car Series raced for the final time around the fountain on the island park of Belle Isle next to Detroit, which by the way turned out to be a spectacular final weekend, both with weather and with action on the track. Get this zero yellow flags on both the IMSA race and the IndyCar race. In IMSA, Sebastian Bourdais and Vander Zandy put together a difficult but winning formula by racing a one-stop strategy and saving fuel to make it work. It did work. They swam in the fountain afterward. In IndyCar, Will Power's tire strategy was off of the other leaders, and it was a strategy that, well, given one or maybe two more laps, probably would not have held. But... Willpower went swimming, along with the entire team, his brother, and even his son dipping his feet in the fountain. Also swimming on the weekend, Linus Lundquist, as he swept both Indy Lights races in Motown. NASCAR raced in two venues on the weekend. First up were the trucks in St. Louis with Corey Heim. He'll be with us in just one hour. He won the pole and the race, but it was anything but easy in between. Then TV went out to Portland, Oregon for the Xfinity Series and weather issues. Gee, shocker, Portland rain on rain off what looked to be myatt snyder's first win for his team well mother nature had to have a final say and screw everyone else on tires yet again in the end aj allmendinger drove masterfully for the dub before flying to st louis for his cup duties sunday's cup debut at gateway was stellar and just like he tends to do with inaugural races joey logano yet again capturing the flag in overtime over an angry kyle bush NHRA was back in action after a two-week hiatus. Your winners were Mike Salinas in Top Fuel, Matt Hagen in Funny Car, and what is up with his domination for this Tony Stewart team, this new team? So much for being new. And Erica Enders in Pro Stock. The core off-road Racing Series kicked off their season in Wisconsin and history was made with a little bit of Lucas Oil flair to boot. Congrats to Gray Ledbetter for becoming the first female to win a professional race in the championship off-road racing series. For all the additional goods and glory, of course, World of Outlaws was this weekend. Loads of other winners in in the core series. Go to racer.com and speedsport.com.
1: Crash Gladys, pit news and notes brought to you by good friends at General Tire Freak Nation. As I said, Richard Petty, the king. Coming up, joining us next, Peter Spitz and the Lucas All Studios.
3: General Tire was born more than 100 years ago right here in America We've spent the last century tackling every kind of road this country has to offer and especially the places without roads So you know that with General Tire anywhere is possible So it works. I run Lucas Oil.
2: It doesn't matter if you're on the water,
3: driving to work, or competing in a sold-out stadium. Lucas Oil products will help you get the most out of your vehicle. Monster Jam has run Lucas Oil in and on our trucks for over 10 years.
4: We wouldn't run anything else.
3: Lucas Oil, the official
0: oil of Monster Jam.
1: A hey, freak nation did you hear with the addition of Mav TV Plus to the Mav TV Motorsports network they've got their full live event broadcast schedule a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard series the Lucas Oil 8 model dirt series Pro Pulling League American Sprint Car series Pro Motocross and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals Mav TV the only television network dedicated to motorsports go to mavtv.com to get your motorsports fix 24/7 365 There is less than one
3: hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer keep that engine alive.
2: Hey, Freak Nation! Whether you're looking for a tire that balances high performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades.
0: You're listening to Speed Freaks. Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined.
1: Thank you, Lucas Oil, for making this thing possible, man. Go to lucasoil.com as we've been doing, daggone it, 20 days from now, it'll be 22 years of doing Speed Freaks. Wow. Daggone it. How do you feel, Statman? You feel old that as hell? old man word.
5: What? Wow. Dag-gon-it. that's. It just hit me when you said that. I knew intellectually, I knew it was coming up, but that's less than three weeks away. Wow. That's world-class cool, though. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Richie, what were you doing 22 years ago there, my uh, residential?
4: I was nine years old, so I was probably sitting on the couch watching Diamondbacks games with my parents. Now, that makes me feel
5: old, you know? I mean, 22 years doesn't make me feel old. I got shoes older than 22 years, but Richie tells me he was nine when we started this thing. One station, one mic. Nine. (laughs) Wow. Wow.
1: Well, Freak Nation, 22 years ago, I can't tell you what Richard Petty was doing, but uh, he had a chance to jump in the Freak Nation, Crasher. Uh, Share with the Freak Nation why Richard Petty was hanging out at WWT Raceway uh, this weekend.
2: It was pretty awesome. They had the king become the first official cup driver. I mean, okay, fine. He's retired. He's a legend, but still the first official cup driver to take a lap on wwt raceway worldwide technology raceways asphalt it was awesome he took his old well his old show car 43 on general tires mind you Mm -hmm. around that track and people were just stoked about it he also cut the ribbon to officially kick off the cup weekend in st louis so yeah he was he was arguably master of ceremonies on friday everybody wanted to get a piece of the king richard petty Oh, and we were one
1: of them. And Uh, here he is, Freak Nation, the legend, Richard Petty, joining the Freaks, Lucas Oil Studios. It's a significant day for you here at Worldwide Technology Raceway, and I asked you this earlier. You don't have a big history of running in Missouri back in the day, do you?
6: No, we really don't. Uh, You know, I don't know if we've even run Illinois. (laughs) You know, just NASCARs just never came in this particular area. So that's what's making this such a big deal. Is it's a brand new opening for the West, the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you figure, if you look back at history and stuff, this was a jumping off place back in the 1880s or 90s when people started going West. And uh, so NASCAR is jumping off here, hoping to get some more in the West. And we've got so many fans out this way that have to drive, go a long way uh, to see a race. Mm-hmm. They watch it on TV, listen to it. But it's one of the deals where... Uh, they had the track. They had the fans. So NASCAR comes to them. It's not a mm-hmm. you build the field, they will come. Well, they had the field already here, so we come. So here we are.
1: Why do you <laughs> think that is? Because there's so many dirt tracks and small tracks in Missouri. Why do you think there's never been a St. Louis race?
6: Well, you know, finally we got to Kansas City. I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but uh, it, it's one of the deals that NASCAR per se got away from the dirt tracks, and I guess in 1970. One or 72, and then they come back and start doing Bristol a couple times a year, but hopefully, uh, you know, they don't go back. That, that's too back, too far back in history, especially with the new cars and stuff we got today.
2: Do you think that it's too far back in history just because of the technology? Is there a danger to it, no, or it, is it good to have it, some parity? No,
6: no it's, it's the technology's what's changed everything. We started in 1949 with just a stock car. We kept modifying it, modifying it, modifying it. And they finally ran out of things they couldn't modify anymore. <laughs> so they just threw everything we had away and started in 2022 with a brand new design, brand new engine, brand new car, brand new wheels, tires. So all these boards are still learning. We just run, what, 12 or 14 races. So people are still learning the car, what it can do and what they can get out of it.
2: Are you appreciative of what that has done to the crew chiefs, to just the crews in general, to the drivers? They do have to start over, and it's been great for the fans. We've seen some good parody, but what do you think the crews are going through?
6: Well, you know, some of the guys adapt. It's like everything. Some people adapt to it quicker. Some people will never adapt to it. And then some people will take a long time to adapt. And then there's a few of them that just adapted right off the bat. And you got to figure that the majority of the guys that, that we got running today are you Know 19 20 years, well, 20 years old to 25 years old, you know, what I mean, and they they come through running all kinds of different tracks and you know, started maybe in go karts and worked their way up, you know, so they finally made it to the big time. So they're they've come along and changed as they went along, so they're ready to change. You got some of these guys that probably 40, 50 years old that's running and they're so used to doing what they're doing, kind of hard for them to adapt.
2: You're saying the like Kevin Harvick's of the world, maybe the Martin Truex is <laughs> Kurt Busch. He, he could be. Um, <laughs> what about COVID changed things in the sense of video bega- games became even more important to honing your skills. Could you compete in this sort of generation with, they've got video games, they've got just all this different mindset of where they're going?
6: You know, the only way to, to do what you're doing is do it, in other words, if you wanna golf, you gotta golf every day. You can't learn in a studio. Racing's the same way as far as I'm concerned. And you know what I mean? You watch it, you learn know where the track is and stuff. You get to the race everything is different, everything. Surroundings are different, the cars are different, screens are different, you know, and most of your uh, deals that you see on the screen is flat screen, it's not 3D. So it's hard to get the depth perception. And what makes a good driver is knowing that jet, not how to turn the wheel or all that, but knowing the depth perception Mm. of of what he's coming up on.
1: What's one of the major changes that you faced in your career that you would say, I am never going to wear a five-point seat belter. I'm not going to have a roll cage. That window net that I invented, Mm -hmm. I'm putting that thing back down.
6: (laughs) You got to figure. My dad was the first one to put a roll bar in a cup car. Mm -hmm. Okay, And we was one of the first ones to ever run winter nets after I had a bad wreck in 1970 at Darlington Marm throughout the winter. So NASCAR started mandating that. So anything that improves safety, you know, we've we've done some of it, but we follow suit. You know, see so you watch a wreck and see it. Mm-hmm. What can I do to make it safer for my driver? And that's what everybody does. NASCAR has been doing a real heck of a good job for that.
1: I would imagine we, with the death of Dale Earnhardt, from your perspective, the advance in safety and technology in NASCAR just skyrocketed. It went bonkers. And I bet you were just like, I'm sorry that someone had to lose their life, but the safety that came out of that death is incredible.
6: Well, you know, nothing's ever going to be 100% safe, okay? And you got to look at the cars that we're running today are so much smaller than the cars that I used to drive. I mean, I used to put my, my hand out the window and had all you could see was my hand. Even now, going down the straighter where they see his shoulder, that's how small the cars are. So they had to improve the safety of the cars because there wasn't anything to give except the bodies and the the people. So, uh, you know, all in all, it's uh, it's just been a whole lot better.
1: Richard, we do a lot of work with General Tire, and I know Petty's Garage is tied in with General Tire, and the advancement of that tire in the ARCA series is incredible, what General Tire has done.
6: Yeah, they've done a heck of a job because – you know, they run them some, a couple of dirt tracks, but they run small asphalt deals. They run Daytona. They run Talladega. So the, they got their tire market down pretty good. We had, I guess, got Goodyear in, in the Cup Series, mm-hmm. but Goodyear can't hardly take care of the Cup Series with their with race and stuff. So then it comes back down to somebody like General Tire, uh, Continental Tire, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they come in and they say, okay, we can, we can do this. And they... Again, like you said, they've done a heck of a job, and they, they have very few tire problems if the drivers do it
2: right. <laughs> Before we let you go, I have to say it was so cool to see you joining Kyle and everybody on the Kyle Petty charity ride. That was a you know, great family moment for you guys. The picture of you guys in the Grand Canyon.
6: Oh, oh yeah, that that was a great deal. We was there, you know, five, six, seven days, fifteen hundred miles on a uh, motorcycle, but. We was able to stop and spend time looking at the scenery and stuff so it was a great day and uh, they raised a lot of money for victory junction camp and that's what it was all about
1: richard thanks for doing this buddy okay man thank I, you guys I can, I can hear you now okay <laughs> Well, Grasher, do you care to explain to the Freak Nation what we're talking about there? Statman, Crasher had her Dale Earnhardt Jr. moment, and I forget who it was with you. Uh, Crasher. do you you care to share with the Freak Nation?
2: So that was our second interview with the King, because the first interview we had was (laughs) right after he drove on the track. And his team at the time, his PR team at the time, said, hey, just go ahead and come over into the garage area. We'll just do it there. Because he had been, you know, obviously going in 5,000 different directions. So we started that not only as soon as we started the interview did all the cup cars start warming up and it was impossible to hear each other oh but when kenny handed me the camera to start shooting he had already turned it on i didn't realize that so when i pressed the button i pressed pause (laughs) not so the whole interview was on pause we have Mm. the lead up to the interview and the end or after the interview. I didn't record a damn oh, yeah. thing. There you go. <laughs> so ridiculous.
5: I felt uh, awful. I welcome I to even know the how club. I got him back
2: for a second time.
5: Welcome to the club. Kenny's got his moment. I've got my moment. Now you got your moment. At least, at least <laughs> she didn't tell you, Crash, I thought I was working with a pro. That's what Ken Block said <laughs> to me when I screwed up.
2: <laughs> okay, so listen. So all three of our moments of screwing up the audio video are with massive legends. You with Ken Block, who is just a worldwide beyond sensation. I don't even know what the word is to describe him. He is a legend, a living legend right now in the making. Me with Richard Petty, the king, seven time NASCAR champion. And Kenny with arguably NASCAR's most popular driver ever, Dale Earnhardt Jr.
1: Yeah. (sighs) Mind blown. There it is. Freak Nation also coming up this hour, Chase Briscoe, who sat on the pole for today's WWT Raceway race. You can say St. Louis, but the track isn't in St. Louis. It's in southeastern Illinois.
2: So when Kenny goes up on stage, we were on the Midway stage yesterday after Mm -hmm. the truck race, and says, anybody who can show me an out-of-state driver's license? And I look at him and I'm like... What's out of state? Is Illinois out of state or is Missouri out of state?
1: The first person who showed me a Missouri license got- So that's it. what won? Okay. Yeah, I got slapped across the face. And I said, my name is Stat, man. You can email me. <laughs> Stat, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hey, yeah. we
2: did see somebody from Phoenix, though. They actually drove out from Gilbert, Arizona. <laughs> that was shocking to us. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay.
1: Way to go. Hey, Statman Scat, uh, I don't want to take take any of the thunder from it, but it's an interesting development after the Indy 500. And I think I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about that after the break.
5: (laughs) Bumped into a net piece this week, mounted to a – state of IndyCar right now. The conversation with Roger Penske was before last weekend's Indy 500. Gave a little detail on where Penske has spent money and time, where he's avoided spending both in the series he owns. But in the words of Judas Priest, Roger you've got another thing coming. That thing is the television ratings after the Indy 500 Ratings reflected the smallest Memorial Day audience ever, only better than 2020 when the pandemic pushed the race to August a good race that ended with a dramatic finish, but less than 5 million viewers? That's troubling. Uh, Truly, IndyCar has another thing coming. All the efforts to save money for the teams and make the race venues interesting and comfortable, that means nothing if fans won't commit to free TV on their couch. And the Indy 500 is the cornerstone of the series promotion and marketing. IndyCar and his partners do have problems. Series needs to reconnect with his old fans or find new ones. It's only one thing if they don't buy tickets. Quite another if they stay home and don't watch on free TV. Peace.
0: Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined.
1: you, General Tire, for making this thing possible. Freak nation, you go to GeneralTire.com. I was mentioning earlier how uh, it's heating up, man. Summer's not here quite yet. Well, according to – no, summer's not here, but it's still hot as s. So uh, be- make sure you're rolling on those snappy new General Tires. Maybe you'll get yourself one of those. No, mm. Snappy lanyards. Go to uh, GeneralTire.com. If you're watching us on YouTube, Twitch, our Facebook page, thank you guys for hanging out.
2: Okay. Seriously? Mm -mm. So we're at breakfast this morning Uh. and Kenny notices a family that sits down next to us and they've all got racing shirts on. We know they're all heading to the track as well. And as we're leaving breakfast, he taps the kid on the shoulder and says, Hey, your parents roll on general tires. And the kid's like, no. The mom goes, well, yeah. And then Kenny said, really? You do? She goes, no. He's like, Well, let me show you how you can get a set of General Tires. Here, go to this link. And of course, the Speed Freaks GT link. And it was just funny because they were like Well the dude, who the, the kid had a General you? Tires hat on. Oh, of course. Yes, that's why yeah. you said this. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. It didn't just come out of complete yeah, hey. randomness. <laughs> he did have a hat on. That's true. Jesus. And he was very happy to see this General Tire hat, but the family was just kind of like <laughs> can well, we please the, eat our
1: breakfast the, the idea was uh, if, if they had a twitter account that was not there were right. two dudes there a woman and a young boy <laughs> none of them had a twitter account and i was going to say stat crash suave i say go register for a set of tires before right. we pick our winner
2: you can beat the freaks hashtag no one beat the freaks no
1: one had a twitter account and they didn't get their ass handed to them again by yours truly what is going on stat crash how did our winner come
2: in last? He had Kurt and Kyle Busch, didn't he? They were two in the top four.
4: Kevin Harvick's last-ditch last, uh, last ditch wow. caution there at the end of the race cost him.
2: But I thought Kenny and I having Tyler Reddick
4: would cost Tyler us Reddick, more than Tyler him. Tyler Reddick managed to get himself, I'm going to get this right, finish, came back after spinning, kind of late in the race, and during the third stage, he finished 16th.
2: Ooh. Yeah.
4: So RCR finished 15 and
2: 16. Wow. Okay. All right. I'll take it. Whoa. I mean, I'm sorry for you, Ryan. Feel bad. I want to give away tires. Kevin, we haven't given Kevin, any way Kevin, in a Harv- long Kevin Harvick,
4: with his late race spin, uh, Crash on the Wall, finished uh, only with four points total. So, yes, he didn't have two in the top five. Ryan did. But uh, only getting four points from Kevin Harvick cost him big, big time.
1: Well, Stat, man, I don't know, man.
2: Did you have Logano, Kenny? How did you win again?
1: Yeah. Had Logano, Blaney, and Reddick, right, Suave? Yeah. There
5: it is. Stat, who did you have? Because I had Larson, Chase, Chastain, and uh, Redick. I think, <laughs> I think I'm going to uh, put Reddick on the shelf for a long while.
2: Well, maybe we are his jinx hmm. because somebody has a voodoo doll of Tyler Reddick because he just keeps having bad issues. And it, I, the talent's there. And they're weird.
5: Not. They're weird things, you know, yes. things that come out of nothing. Oh, he's running uh, competitively and all of a sudden he spun into the infield and nobody knows why. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's the pure NASCAR crap it's yeah it's ridiculous
1: hey Step man in your scat you mentioned how the ratings for the indy 500 uh, weren't too stellar after we got about three or four minutes my apologies we we spent so much damn time talking about us kicking some ass and beat the freaks for a set of general tires <laughs> what do you attribute that to to the ratings for the indy 500 what a weekend ago uh being as low what was the measure what was the point of measurement that you had for the 500
5: It was the worst Memorial Day weekend. It was under 5 million views. I think uh, 4.8, something like that. Uh, It was only better than 2020 when the race was pushed to August. It was, I I don't know. I think listening, reading that uh, piece with uh, Roger Pinsky Pinsky is concentrating on a lot of things that have nothing to do with people watching the broadcast. He's concentrating on lowering the expenses for the teams and at getting better venues, improving the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, that's stuff that killed cart and champ car. He's thinking like a cart and champ car owner, which he was, uh, but nobody is worried about the people at home. Uh, they, they say, well, maybe we'll get around to having a, a, a reality-based show in an IndyCar, and they're not, this is my ultimate problem that we have found out. These guys have incredible personalities, and they're not demonstrating that to have some sort of connection with the fan at home. And a race is a race, and a race could be boring, but the personalities, if you cheer for a personality, you're invested in what that Mm -hmm. person does. And that's not happening in IndyCar like it is in F1 or NASCAR or any of the other places uh, that uh, people are racing. Uh, Roger's going to have to find somebody else to think about the audience. That's the only oh, thing he has yes. to sell is the audience. He thinks he's selling racing. And I, I say that with all respect. The man's a billionaire. I'm not. The man has a business acumen of some of the best in the world. I don't. But he's not, he, he has to realize he's selling access to audience and not access to a race team or a race. <laughs>
2: Last year at the Indy 500, I talked to one of our favorite PR people. You guys can probably guess who it is. And they were already not happy with how Penske was marketing the series, lack of marketing of the series. This year, it's gone even worse. And just this weekend at WWT Raceway, we talked to somebody with very very good knowledge of the data that comes in from NTT Data, the series title sponsor, and how they could use this data if they would just open it up and use it to tease things on Twitter and on Instagram to convince people to tune in. Things like, hey, we know exactly that Alexander Rossi is closing on Scott Dixon or on Will Power by this 50 many seconds. seconds. And basically, we know that in two laps, based on this data, he will catch them and pass them. Their PR department is doing none of that. It's I was almost cussed right there. It's absolutely ridiculous how they're not marketing the series at all. And they have so much data at their fingertips of which they could use.
5: Yeah, I don't know what he has planned for the future, but what was in that article, he was talking about how he's going to lower the cost for the teams and so forth. And that's got nothing to do with getting people to sit down and commit commit two or yep. three hours to watching a race on television. Yep. They need help.
1: Freak Nation, be help. sure to follow us on Twitter, the website, speedfreaks.tv. And, of course, all on your social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're there for you, man. Coming up, Chase Briscoe, your pole sitter for WWT Raceway.
0: Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefine.
2: Lucas Oil,
3: it works. I run Lucas Oil.
4: It doesn't matter if you're on the water,
3: driving to work, or competing in a sold out stadium. Lucas Oil products will help you get the most out of your vehicle. Monster Jam has run Lucas Oil in and on our trucks for over 10 years.
4: We wouldn't run anything else.
3: Lucas Oil, the official
0: oil of Monster Jam.
1: Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule, a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil 8 Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7, 365. Dear Lucas
0: Oil, I've used your heavy-duty oil stabilizer in my truck for years. It now has over a half million miles. It's not a diesel. It's never been rebuilt. Your oil stabilizer does exactly what it says it'll do. It has extended the life of my engine. Just want to say thanks. Sincerely, Josh H. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer.
5: It works time is more valuable today there's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best that's where lucas oil slick mist speed wax steps up it's great for paint chrome glass and vinyl lucas oil slick mist simply mists on and then wipes off leaving a new car shine every time it's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces for a complete detail there's also slick mist interior or slick mist tire and trim shine lucas oil it works
1: lucas oil studios 22 years coming up on june 25th we've been doing this man it's incredible and lucas oil has been a part of it the whole 22 years in some form or fashion. Thank you, Lucas Oil. Go to lucasoil.com to find the right products to keep your ride on the road. Go to lucasoil.com. Chase Briscoe sat on the pole for the inaugural NASCAR Cup race there in Illinois or St. Louis, depending on really the old Gateway. You know, it was, it was called Gateway Track and now it's Gateway Raceway, right, yep. uh, WWT Raceway. It's that man. You know a little bit about Curtis Francois, the owner of. Of
5: WWT Raceway, right? A little bit. Is it Curtis Francois? Um oh that I can't the name just the black guy who yeah, we'll think about yeah. Worldwide technology, who owns worldwide technology. Okay. He's got the same name as a guy that used, used to pitch in the majors. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Brown, I think, is his name, something like that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he's the one who uh, who – Owns the naming rights. He may not right. own the. He mm-hmm. may not own the track, but he owns the naming rights worldwide. Technology race. He
2: gave the command today, gentlemen. Start your engines. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. it was uh, it was
1: badass to see. This track was slated to be demolished and be made into uh, some type of uh, business. Uh, delivery buildings of sorts, kind of like an Amazon delivery. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to say uh, a warehouse, distribu- warehouse
5: distribution is, warehouse. Yeah, there you, there, there you go. Yeah.
1: But um, Curtis Francois and the gentleman with worldwide technology and many others put their heads together and said, man, let's save this bad boy. And it, it's paid off uh, historically. They got their first cup race. They've had Xfinity series races, there, truck series races, there, IndyCar series. But damn it, this is the first...
2: NHRA series. Oh, right, right. Can't it drifting.
1: Yeah,
5: They're the only track that does everything. Yeah, let me, and that's, that's probably because of Chris... Um- Chris Pook? No, Chris, the guy from Las Vegas that we talked to. Chris Blair. Chris Blair, Chris Blair yeah. 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 The the one thing that he has done is that I noticed he turned this event today, this weekend, into an event. It wasn't a motor race. And that's probably mm-hmm. what's going to help uh, IndyCar. Uh, the, the motor race is fine. But mm-hmm. you got to have concerts. You got to have reasons mm-hmm. for people to get engaged in what's happening, uh, and. That has to do with the NHRA. It has to do with a lot of people. They ought to study what happens with drifting NASCAR. Uh, you know these places where. The That's dr- hold
2: on. To be perfectly honest, I'm cutting you off for a reason. That's exactly what Chris Blair did. He's been on the road since the, this announcement was made in September, visiting a bunch of tracks, taking the best from here, the best from there, yeah. and putting yeah. it together. Their fan walk today was second to none.
5: Yeah, amazing. yeah, no, but it's, you've got you've got to find some reason. And one of the major things that happens in any sports promotion is a book that I read years ago called Sports Illusion, Sports Realities. You've got to create the illusion that it matters who wins and loses the race. And uh, you've got to create the illusion that this is important. And, and, you know, if you don't do that, people aren't going to just get engaged because, hey, there's a car race.
1: (laughs) Well, this is what we're going to do, man. We've uh, talked our ass off. We're going to move Chase Briscoe to next hour, and I'm going to continue <laughs> our conversation uh, <laughs> about what happened at this racetrack. Again, I brought this up in one of our discussions with, I think it might have been Curtis Francois, again, the owner of the track, how you look at the Washington Commanders. They're trying to get a new stadium built with, I think, twenty to 30,000 seats less oh. than they have right now. What Major League Soccer fan Major League Soccer stadiums have done and built twenty five to thirty five thousand seat stadiums because it's a packed house the majority of the time you don't oversell the place. Look at Texas Motor Speedway. There's more empty seats at Texas Motor Speedway on the backstretch and on the wings of the front stretch than there are people in the freaking stands. So what they've done with WWT Raceway is fifty seven thousand seats. That's it. That is it, man. And Phoenix Raceway has done the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. They took out 15,000, 20,000 seats because and now they're selling out every damn race. So you, you, you don't want to get too cocky. No, oh, you know, we sold out 57,000, man. Let's put another 15,000. I don't think they're going to do that stat. They presented it, and their whole presentation was what you were talking about was they want to just show people how the Midwest puts on a uh, a show, not just a race but a show welcoming yeah. and you had you had country acts you had nelly there you had such a cross generation of music
2: you had them on stage crossing in with each other and getting on mic together yeah that was spectacular yeah. I mean, it was no, just, the audience it was a full event
5: the audience recognizes that uh nascar got a taste of it at the coliseum this year and they're they're doing more and more of that but um you know at uh, indycar has got to learn this mm-hmm. and uh i don't know if they will because they're more concerned with the traditions and they got to be careful that they don't get involved in the the same headspace that cart and champ Car did because how'd that work out for them
1: hey richie <laughs> you've been to some music festivals over the last uh, several years and i i get that there are bands there you want to see but when you're not watching the band that, when you're when you're not watching the bands that are up on stage, it's. I mean, you're hanging out, you're enjoying the festival atmosphere. Whether it's throwing freaking ski balls, or taking hits on marijuana, or getting a freaking tattoo on your face.
2: Which, by the way, our hotel had a cannabis convention ah. going on this weekend. Yep. So yeah, we we smelled quite a lot of that. Blaze, blaze, they called it.
1: Blaze, <laughs> the blaze convention. Uh, am I wrong in that, Richard?
4: No, you're not. And this is something that I've ran into over the last five or six years, I'd say working in sports full time is I've, I've said this for years now, which is I enjoy going to concerts, going to music festivals more than I do going to sporting events now, because (laughs) after a while you can go to as many races as you want, as many football games as you want, as many hockey games as you want. And then at, at some point in time, they just become monotonous and you're you're just like, I'm not entertained. I'd rather just watch it at home because I've been to the same experience over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. and it's just nothing new. So I'd rather watch it at home and not have to pay the 50 bucks to go see it. Whereas you go to a concert, you're usually going to experience something different every time you go. For example, I just was at a concert last night. I went to go see Andy Grammer. That's my seventh time seeing Andy Grammer live live. And oh. it was still just as awesome as the first time I saw him. Why? And, yeah, it's because it's just an it's an experience to go see live music. It's there people are different every time. The venue is going to be different. The set list is going to be different. He's playing the same songs part of the time, but it's just it's just an experience, and you don't get that at a lot of sporting events anymore. And there are some places that are starting to make it that way. Like I thought what Worldwide Technology did this week and was incredible, where basically it was you were going to a music festival, mm-hmm. okay? But you got the you got the racing involved as well. And mm-hmm. I wonder if more motorsports start to go that direction. Cause that is the g that's how you get me to go to races, is you you give me something else to do rather than just showing up for those you know 200 laps or whatever just those two hours to entertain myself
5: or else i'll just watch it on tv because i've been i've been there done that so many times before you know the tv thing wait a minute crash the tv Mm -hmm. thing you might have just hit it there uh richie two hours most races nowadays that come from an american perspective are three four six hours and that it with uh Formula One—it's a two-hour limit. The races have to be over in uh, whatever the race limit is, or two hours. Uh, so the people know, just like in soccer, that there—it's going to be over eventually, and uh, if. <laughs> If you can't,
2: it's not going to be like the Coca-Cola 900. Yeah, right. You know,
5: 900 Coke. (laughs) You can drink 900 Cokes during the race. So, uh, you know, you've got to be able to convince people that, you know, hey, watch this. This is going to be important and it's not going to drain your day to uh, commit to watching this thing.
2: You know, unintentionally, I think the 24 hours of Daytona and to be honest, the 24 hours of Le Mans, which is coming up. They they don't purposely put a festival with it. I mean, you don't see a lot of concerts, but you do have a DJ there. You do have like a Daytona, a Ferris wheel. You've got the beach and, you know, the race is going to be going on. So there's a lot of people that, you know, venture off to the beach and a couple of bars right there on the sand and then come back to the track
5: and fireworks there at the track. yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: it's it's. It wasn't a planned festival, but that's the kind of thing. That's why people like going back to those kinds of races. They're long, but they give you something to do every hour. So, yeah, it's it's just what more and more events need to be.
1: Well, we've got a very close working relationship with Chris Blair. And at one time, Chris Blair was asking us to take pictures of a certain media center, of certain uh, driver's meetings. Uh, driver's meetings rooms just and he was just looking at all facets of different tracks took those pushed them up came up with the C- Confluence mm-hmm. Music Festival came up with this Fan Fest came up with
2: Though actually real quick the Fan Experience and how they had people walking, whether it was the red carpet area or just the other area that had, you know, some things on either side that fans could interact with, mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of the Phoenix infield. I think he took some good ideas from there, which obviously we love the Phoenix infield because it is a huge fan experience.
1: Yeah. We've talked about this ad nauseum for 20 plus years. Imagine, I mean, taking our eight year old to a race that's three and a half hours long. It just, we just don't do it. Uh, We'll take her to an ARCA race. Mm -hmm. That's an hour and a half, two hours long. That's max. That's it. We won't hang out all day at the NHRA for eight hours to get to the finals. We won't do that. But we'll go to an ARCA race again. That's two hours. She sees Statman's favorite driver's truck over there, Kyle Busch. She's fine. She doesn't (laughs) necessarily need to watch Kyle Busch for three and a half freaking hours.
2: Yeah. No. (laughs) Which she did say the other day. You know, mom. I do like Kyle Busch, but not necessarily because of him on the track. And I go, really? Yeah. Well, he's he's with M and Ms.
5: Okay. She, okay. She just <laughs> fell off the Ohio State bandwagon, in my. Uh in my estimation. I well, mean, she's
2: learning. She's seen him lose his temper and she's asked us a few questions about it. So yeah.
1: the guy finishes second today.
2: And then he's a puss.
1: And yeah. you would think that someone shot his freaking dog <laughs> right in front of his son.
5: And he finished second of his own cause. He yeah. lost he lost control of the car and went up the track and allowed Algano to get around him on the final lap. Uh, you know, and he blamed everybody else but himself. You know, I mean, come on.
2: He's getting tiring. I, I mean, I like him. I really do. He is talented. But man, something has been going on this last year, two years or so. He's just it's like he's given up. He doesn't try as hard as he used to. And his attitude is just well, he's, selling this,
5: he's selling this idea that he wants to be the villain. He wants to wear the black hat and uh, people will get tired of that real soon. You
2: can't fake it, though. I mean, if you want to be the villain, be the villain. But don't pretend like you're the villain. I mean, yeah, don't well. don't try to be an actor if you can't act.
1: <laughs> it, uh, you know, I know it's a different day and age, a different age specifically. But at least Dale Earnhardt Sr., the booze equaled the cheers. Yeah.
5: <laughs> it's, yes, it's, yes. It
1: is not that way with uh, Kyle Busch.
2: Yeah. That's true. He was full on booze today. I don't think there was a single <laughs> cheer. Maybe one kid in a yellow M M&M and M shirt.
1: Well, and Logano's got that too. He's he's just for some of his ass hattery on the on the track, but nothing. But then like- again,
2: that's that's a more genu- genuine ass hattery. I mean, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest, that's he's not trying to be a villain. He just kind of is at times. So yeah, it, it just he's not manufacturing villainism like Kyle's trying to do.
5: <laughs> villainism. <laughs> I love it. Crash your wonderful villainism.
2: <laughs> Hashtag that. Mm, just saying.
1: Man, in that last <laughs> three minutes we had ass hattery and villainism. <laughs> Are You writing this down, Richie? It's a full dictionary.
4: <laughs> Freaking. When you get dictionary. To, when you guys get to year forty of doing this, I can't wait to read the book.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> villainism.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> Richie when you when you had to Dutch Bros tomorrow tr- try and use those two words <laughs> in your order, okay?
4: Oh, that's genius. I got to try that.
1: Right? Record it. it, make
4: a
2: reel.
1: Yeah, use your name. Say my name is villainism. <laughs> and can I have a couple of uh couple of vials of ass hattery in my uh chai latte. <laughs>
5: <laughs> what in the world What? what the world? yeah that's what yeah. you could put it have them write it on the uh write it on the cup the barista yeah. to say villainism <laughs> <Your order's ready." laughs>
1: oh boy freak nation uh, i think you can tell a lot of us are on uh, eastern time tonight <laughs>
5: <laughs> or we spent we spent the weekend in a, a pot hotel <laughs>
2: <laughs> we did we walked in and right away i knew something was up because on was this friday night yeah the valet at the hotel said i'm sorry we've got a convention going on just want to warn you before you walk in i'm like what's he talking about we walk in and the whole place is dark and this is a very old Old hotel, Union Station, Union Station. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's cool looking, to be honest. But so we walk into this massive ballroom, which then you got to go upstairs to get to the check-in desk. Anyway, there was a convention going on in that ballroom. All the lights were off, and these green pot leaves (laughs) were just going up up the ceiling. (laughs) It was awesome. I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. Smoke them if you got them.
1: That's how we roll, man. <laughs> All right, Freak Nation, a big second hour. And something that and Crasher, do not give away anything. I don't want any reaction, please. Something that happened outside this hotel this morning, we'll get to. Oh, yes. See there? Oh, so sorry. There it is. We will get to. And we'll get to that Chase Briscoe, your <laughs> pole sitter for today's cup race in St. Louis, Illinois. Illinois, St. Louis. Uh yeah, man, uh, more freaks coming up, speed freaks pits and luke's old studio. Speed freaks,
0: motorsports radio, redefined.
1: Second hour of the Freaks, thank you guys for hanging out. Chase Briscoe, your pole center for this afternoon's NASCAR Cup race will be here in the Freak Nation. Also coming up, let's do Chris and Craig. Having yourself a five, fifth overall in the outdoor motocross race this afternoon, excuse me, yesterday mm-hmm. in, uh, at Hangtown. I believe and, he was
2: third overall in the season opener and fifth this weekend. Right? So, yeah, pretty good way to start the season.
1: So, yeah, man, uh, a big second hour for Nation. But and you, I was talking about this last hour where something happened this morning where we walked out of a hotel getting our uh, car to head to the track, and all of a sudden I see, there he is, that little bitch, <laughs> AJ Almendinger, who's staying in our hotel? What that guy did in the Xfinity series race. Wait,
2: so, he stayed at our hotel for maybe four hours.
1: Well, a little bit longer. Maybe. maybe six. But anyway. Six. So what he did, he crashed two or three times. He did everything possible to lose that race in Portland for the Xfinity series, uh, but didn't. He hung around and hung around. And surprising to uh several people, AJ here won himself a race in Portland, then hopped on a plane and flew into St. Louis late. Saturday night, said he got to the hotel a little bit after midnight. (laughs) He's that man. He says he doesn't even remember what his rental car was. He just, he was standing outside saying, is this my rental car? He's he's asking each of the valets, wait, is that my
2: car? I think it's a Chevy. I don't know. (laughs) It was dark when I turned it in.
5: (laughs) Can you imagine these guys travel everywhere, stay at a different hotel almost every night, and uh, every weekend and you know they airports cars hotels you know i mean it's how do they know where they are <laughs> they don't you know i mean they, they their mind is on racing and you know the, uh, plus most of the cars look alike anyway when you get into them so
1: uh hey and think about this aj allmendinger goes out and wins in portland on a road course Ben Rhodes (laughs) qualifies his car and wrecks his car, Mm -hmm. his cup car. A.J. Allmendinger has never run on this track. Gateway, St. Louis. Never. Mm -hmm. And goes out there and is sitting in the top 10 most of the day.
2: But he you could, really had it he, that is the hard charger award winner of the weekend he on if we were still doing yeah, yeah. on and no yeah, if we were still doing bulls balls, I arguably would award him the bulls balls winner of the weekend and Can we do bulls balls again
1: well, that was really cool, I'm sure we can
2: you need to get in touch with those guys yeah
1: BullsBalls.com. dot com yeah right our bulls balls winner of the week, regardless look man we're not stupid we we get it the ovals are much different than road courses and we could sit there and pick on drivers that run nothing but ovals but when you have 25 guys that are within half a second of each other being able to cut certain lines especially this track this is this was more like phoenix meets martinsville mm-hmm. uh, and these guys had never say what you will about dudes on ovals man uh, it's a fine line to where you can have 25, 30 guys that uh, are within a second of each other or at that.
2: Okay. AJ Allmendinger was impressive today, taking a previously crashed car and running in the top 10 most of the day. Zane Smith subbing for
5: Co- Chris
2: Busher, who was in COVID protocol yeah. and getting that car way up to the front as well that's yeah, impressive yeah, zane, never ever driving one of these
5: zane smith was subbing for Keslowski. at least that's what they said on the tv for what no, that's no, worth he
1: was subbing for
5: it's uh,
2: keselowski's team it's keselowski's team ah. but it was chris busher himself ah, yeah
1: okay uh hey freak nation we've got a new affiliate i want to say uh, thank you guys for being a part of this thing larry stone uh, who's part of Nashville Zone 104.7 Sports Radio WLIV? Thank you guys yeah. for bringing in the Freak Nation. Nashville. Just in time.
5: We're in yeah, Nashville. Exactly. Cool.
1: Nashville.
2: Yeah. Just in time for the Cup race and the IndyCar race in Nashville this summer. Mm-hmm. Bam.
1: Cookville, Nashville, Tennessee, man. Uh, thank you, Larry Stone, for making this thing possible for us to. Uh, Good ribs in Nashville. No, don't know. fighting words. Yeah, that
2: was, I was going to say, when's Kenny going to chime in on that yeah, one? fighting words. <laughs>
1: Ooh, doggy. I don't know. Statman's had a share of ribs. Long, big legs. Yeah, they got some of them,
5: too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Freak Nation. We're going to bring in some more affiliates here in the Freak Nation. They get in some Crash Gladys, Pit News, and Notes. And Chase Briscoe mm. coming up.
0: Freaks. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined.
1: The Freaks. Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes kicks off a round of affiliates here in the Freak Nation. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. General Tire brings you Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes. Go to GeneralTire.com. That's GeneralTire.com to find the tire for your righteous ride. An F-250, a big old fat minivan when you're hauling ass across the country this summer. Kids in tow, make sure you're rolling on a new set of General Tires. Go to GeneralTire.com. Crashmas?
2: Speaking of minivans... Kenny, you loved your minivan over the Indy 500 weekend. God, I, love minivans, man. I still don't understand that, but that's okay. That's okay. Yep. All right, speaking of IndyCar, both the IndyCar and IMSA Sports Car Series raced for the final time around the fountain on the island park known as Belle Isle right next to Detroit. And this was a great weekend, both with weather and with action on the track. Get this zero, zero caution flags in both the IMSA race and the IndyCar race. That's unheard of. The action was still good, too. In IMSA, Sebastian Bourdais and Renger van der put together a strategy of one pit stop, one pit stop. So they had to save fuel a lot of it to make it work. And it did. So they swam in the fountain afterwards. Really cool pictures on racer.com, by the way. In IndyCar, Will Power's tire strategy was off the other leaders. And arguably, if there would have been one or two more laps in the race, that strategy would not have held. He was the only one on softs at the end. Hard tires have won in the end for the last many years, but it was this time willpower going swimming along with the entire team. His brother, who flew in as a surprise from Australia for the 500, and even his little son dipped his feet in the fountain. Also swimming on the weekend, Linus Lundquist, as he swept both Indy Lights races in Motown. NASCAR raced in two venues on the weekend. First up with the trucks in St. Louis with Corey Heim. He'll be on with us. Oh, gosh. Is he coming up next? He won the pole and the race. It was anything but easy, though, in between. Then TV went to Portland, Oregon, where weather issues were crazy. Rain on, rain off. And it looked to be Myatt Snyder's first win for Jordan Anderson Racing. But then Mother Nature had to have another say. In the end, A.J. Allmendinger, he drove masterfully, even through some crashes for the win, before flying to St. Louis for his Cup duties, Sunday's Cup debut at Gateway was stellar. We've been talking about it. Just like he tends to do with other inaugural races, Joey Logano captured the flag in overtime to win over an angry Kyle Busch. NHRA back in action after two weeks. Your winners, Mike Salinas in top fuel, Matt Hagan in funny car, Erica Enders in pro stock. And the core off-road racing series kicked off in Wisconsin. History made by Gray Ledbetter.
3: Motorsports Radio, redefined. General Tire was born more than 100 years ago, right here in America. We've spent the last century tackling every kind of road this country has to offer, and especially the places without roads. So you know that with General Tire, anywhere is possible.
2: Lucas Oil, it works. I
3: run Lucas Oil.
2: It doesn't matter if you're on the water,
3: driving to work, or competing in a sold out stadium. Lucas Oil products will help you get the most out of your vehicle. Monster Jam has run Lucas Oil in and on our trucks for over 10 years.
4: We wouldn't run anything else.
1: Lucas Oil, the official oil of Monster Jam. Hey Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MavTV Plus to the MavTV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast scheduled. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil 8 Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MavTV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MavTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24 7, 365. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting
3: your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive.
2: Hey, Freak Nation. Whether you're looking for a tire that balances high performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades.
0: You're listening to Speed Freaks. Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.
1: All right, Freak Nation. Uh, As promised, we will get to this uh, Chase Briscoe interview. We uh, talked our butt off about uh, 30 minutes ago where we were going to run it. But uh, Crash, and I caught up with Chase Briscoe, your pole sitter for today's NASCAR Cup race. Again, he runs for Stuart Haas Racing. A uh, Great dude, man. The story of Chase Briscoe is incredible, where he grew up as a fan of Tony Stewart. And then finally gets a freaking call saying, hey, man, you want to come run for me? <laughs> Hell yes. And um, he certainly made a name for himself this year in the Cup Series. Chase Briscoe here in the Freak Nation. For the uh, 2022 debut at WWTR, Chase Briscoe joining us here in the Freak Nation. I don't really want to talk about the, the pole. I've got custard. I forgot. I've got custard sitting right in mean, front of you. What the hell is? The, are you going to try and get some of that custard down there?
7: I'm I'm good on that one. I'll pass on that. If you had Cole in here, he he might be all over it. But I'm good.
1: <laughs> hey, we had Richard Petty in here yesterday, and I was I, I, the history of Missouri and dirt tracks and small you know short tracks is legendary. Yeah. What the hell took us so long to get us a race here in St. Louis, which is more or less your home track.
7: Yeah, yeah. Outside of Indianapolis, for sure, my home track. It's uh, you know, this is a great area for motorsports. You have so many good, you know, short tracks, dirt tracks in southern or southern Mm -hmm. Illinois. You you go to Missouri, there's just kind of good race tracks. There's just a lot of of racing, whether it's late models, modified, sprint cars, midgets. You kind of have everything in Illinois and Missouri. So, yeah, there's a lot of of really passionate race fans in this area. I remember. 2017 coming here in the trucks and it was almost sold out for a truck series race so they they just love their racing in this area and it's it's cool to finally be able to to bring the cup cars here because it is something i feel like has been needed for a while this area is just so passionate about racing so it's cool to be here
1: you run with a dude that owns a whole lot of crap meaning tony stewart he owns series and i can only imagine tony's take on why in the hell haven't we been in (laughs) st louis before does that does that come come to mind with you like uh yeah, we need to shake and rattle the trees to, to get more action out here?
7: Yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely if this weekend goes well, you know, I think the biggest thing is just the racetrack, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to put on a cup race. Like, it, there's just a lot of people, the infrastructure, everything else, and I think you have to prove that the racetrack is capable of even putting on a good race, and they've done that with the truck series, you know, time and time again. So I think now that they've gotten the opportunity, I think this, this track will be on the schedule for a long time. Uh, but, yeah, I think it, it definitely was a long-awaited, place to come run um but like i said now it's on the schedule i think it'll be on it for a really long time
2: you mentioned earlier that you think this is a track that will have a lot of attrition is that because of inexperience here lack of data here or just the layout of the track
7: uh i think a little bit of both but the biggest thing is just the, the layout it's it's so tight in one and two and then really long in three and four you have these super long straightaways too to, to really draft especially in these cars. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, you just have the restarts here and the trucks here, we're four and five wide a lot of the time, you know, and, and it's it's kind of hard to pass here the first 10, 15 laps of a run, so you know you got to get aggressive on those restarts and, uh, you know, you add in that we're downshifting from fifth gear all the way down to third gear and one end and back to fourth the other end, there's just a lot of opportunities, truthfully, for you to make a mistake and, uh, you know, the braking is, is honestly up there with road course braking as far as how, how much pressure we're putting, so. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a long race, even though it's a short race. There's just a lot of opportunities to make a mistake when you're shifting that much and, and on the edge as much as you are in these next-gen cars.
2: When you talk about restarts, who is someone, non-teammate, who is someone you look around and be like, oh, thank goodness I'm with them?
7: That's yeah, tough. You know, I, I feel like all of us at times are way aggressive over our head. But, yeah, I feel like Larson's one that, I, I you know, he just races so much. You know that he's not normally going to put it anywhere that he's not going to get into you. You know, like you can trust Kyle – pretty well. So yeah, I would say whenever I'm around Larson, you're excited too, because that means you're normally up front. He's always up front. So yeah, if you see Larson uh, with you on a restart, you normally know you're in good shape and you have a fast car. And like I said, you can trust him. He just races so much. He he knows exactly where everything's at.
2: Isn't it cool though that, okay. What you just said about Kyle Larson, Hey, you know, if you're around him, you know, you're up front. People are saying that about you. People are saying that about Tyler Reddit. It's cool to hear that, isn't it?
7: Yeah, for sure. It's, it's definitely been a nice change after last year it was just a struggle all year long and you know even this year there was some points there where we kind of struggled and it's nice to to run up front consistently it's way more fun anytime you're running up front so yeah definitely nice to uh, you know be starting up front tomorrow and, and hopefully we can keep it up there but yeah it's, it's definitely cool to to be one of those guys that's battling for wins week in and week out and hopefully we can continue to do that
1: yeah chase bresco and aggressive okay, <coughs> bristol it just yeah. doesn't seem to come to mind, does it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely can be aggressive. But, I mean, that's,
7: that's what you're paid to do, right? Like, you're paid to, to try to pass cars and try to win races. And, you know, in the moment, sometimes those decisions don't look good whenever you look back on them. But in the moment, you're so caught up in the race. And, you know, like Bristol, you know, you work, you're running as hard as you possibly can just to get there. And you catch him the last lap going in the last corner. It's like if you just – we're going to ride around in a second. I wouldn't even try to catch you, but you do all that work to get there and you try to, to throw it in there. Obviously it doesn't work out, but uh, yeah, it's definitely hard when you're caught up in the race. You know, that perspective is is a lot different. I, I know when I go watch smart car races or anything, I've won a lot of races in the grandstands watching, right. you know, why didn't this guy do that? Or why didn't he do this? And you know, your perspective is just so much greater out there and when you're in the race car, you can definitely get tunnel vision. and. I've, I've not done the greatest job of trying to open that perspective this year for sure.
2: Hold on, though. name one driver who is absolutely perfect. Come on.
7: Yeah, I mean, definitely none of them. I mean, we all lose way more than we win. We, we all have the worst record, even the best race car driver in the world. So, yeah, I don't think any of us are perfect by any means. But, yeah, normally the guy that's the, the most perfect that day or makes the least mistakes is up there at the end. and
1: That's where I think tomorrow, just if you can minimize your mistakes, it'll be a really good day for you. You talk about the aggression, and there you're in a similar situation as Tyler, where you were knocking on the door for (laughs) last year, okay. But you were knocking on the door for that first win, and Tyler's right there, man. From a driver's perspective, how do you look at that? We're fans of Tyler, need to say, but how do you look at that? Like this dude needs a win or deserves it.
7: Yeah, I mean definitely. I mean the thing is, if you keep putting yourself in that position, like you're eventually, it's all going to go together. And Tyler just had a, a. a lot of unfortunate circumstances, whether it's you know stuff breaking like last week at Charlotte, I think he blew left rear and he was in the hunt, and you know Bristol obviously with with me, so he's he keeps putting himself in that position. He's going to eventually win. So yeah, I think when Tyler does win, it's going to be a floodgate. Uh, I mean, you just once you win, that confidence that comes along with it, and you know it's hard whenever you're battling for wins and things don't go your way. It's easy to get caught up in that. But Tyler is an incredible race car driver and. I, I really think once he
1: wins one, well, he's going to go on. The team. Did your first win get rid of all the doubt that you had in your head? You talk about that.
7: Yeah, I think so a little bit. I mean, anytime you move up into a new series, you know, you always question are you really capable of doing this? And, you know, especially with how our first year went, you get humbled really, really quickly. And, yeah, I think for sure, once you win one, it's nice, but I mean, a lot of people have won once. You gotta win multiple times, then I feel like you get a little more sense of confidence and, and just stability. So yeah, I think for us, or for me at least, you know, running up front more consistently has helped my confidence. You know, Winning one race would be great, but you gotta keep running up front, keep putting yourself in that position to show that you, you deserve to be here. So yeah, I feel like we've done a lot better job this year and hopefully we can continue to.
1: How old is your kid, dude? Eight months. Yeah, eight months, two days ago. Bang. Yeah, time is <laughs> flying. Traffic, yeah. right? And I think we talked crazy. about this when we had you on recently. Uh, might have been hinder or something was the announcement. But, yes. Uh, yeah. How Tony says if and when him and Leah have a baby, he's not going to cut the umbilical cord. Yeah. And you, you cut your kids with it. I up. cut it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he's so freaked out about I it. Know. It's not that bad. Yeah, it's
7: really... Yeah, I, I don't know. He wouldn't even hold my kid. I tried. He was... Not
1: about it. The Same thing yeah. happened to us at uh, Texas Motor <laughs> Speedway with our daughter eight years ago. He goes, I'm not touching it. Yeah. It's,
2: he the, he held the ba- he held the little car seat, and that's all he would do.
7: Yeah, uh, he was like, If I touch him, he might break. So he's like, cool. I don't want any part of it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's why we want him to be a dad so yeah. much. He's like <laughs> I
4: can't
1: man." <imagine>. Yeah. <laughs> be interesting for sure. Uh, Chase, good luck, man. It's always fantastic yeah. when you're guys. rolling here, man. Yeah, I
7: appreciate it. Thanks sure. for having me and boom. Yeah, thank you guys. <laughs>
5: bumped into a neck piece this week, mounted to a state of IndyCar right now. The conversation with Roger Penske was before last weekend's Indy 500. Gave a little detail on where Penske has spent money and time, where he's avoided spending both in the series he owns. But in the words of Judas Priest, Roger you've got another thing coming. That thing is the television ratings after the Indy 500 Ratings reflected the smallest Memorial Day audience ever. Only better than 2020 when the pandemic pushed the race to August. It was a good race that ended with a dramatic finish, but less than 5 million viewers? That's troubling. Uh, Truly, IndyCar has another thing coming. All the efforts to save money for the teams and make the race venues interesting and comfortable, that means nothing if fans won't commit to free TV on their couch. And the nd 500 is the cornerstone of the series' promotion and marketing. IndyCar and its partners do have problems. Series needs to reconnect with its old fans or find new ones. It's only one thing if they don't buy tickets. Quite another if they stay home and don't watch on free TV. Peace.
0: Speed freaks, motorsports radio redefined.
1: Lucas Oil Studios, Freak Nation. The Lucas Oil Studios. Uh, we do a lot of work with Lucas Oil and the the companies that they've gotten involved with, the teams they've gotten involved with. Snapman, if we would have said to each other when Lucas first came on board, I think it was like uh, the spring of 2001 that they would be on the side of a freaking NFL
5: football stadium. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, think about that one, Statman.
5: You know, I could remember, every time I think about this, I could remember having Forrest on one of our shows uh, at Lake Elsinore for an off road race. And he was talking about how much better it was for his brand to be in a series. Instead of on the side of an individual car, and he—that's when he started to grow the brand into series like the uh, the sportsman drag racing and you know the uh, off-road racing and the uh, closed-course off-road stadium racing. So yeah, I mean I—I I don't know if he was on the stadium yet. By then, I know he got involved with the stadium when they were. Building it, uh, not before they even finished it, to put his name on the side. Uh, I mean, the man is, you know, he's brilliant. That's why he's Force Lucas, and <laughs> and I'm the Stat Man. <laughs> <laughs> you won't find you won't find the Stat Man's name on any stadium, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: well. You know, we could talk about the Cleveland Browns. Oh, my gosh,
5: man. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Anybody's going to... Yeah. Anybody's hiring quarterbacks that has 23 lawsuits against them. You know, it's like, well, maybe I could find another team to root for.
1: (laughs) It's just... uh, was the the other another lawsuit was filed this weekend or, or
5: on was Friday? It, is that- was it? I don't know. Did I say to I don't know, whatever it is, it's more than one. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's got no answer for any of it and it's not going away anytime soon. So uh, how am I going to cheer for somebody like that? You know?
1: Well, and the clown he's got representing him. Rusty Harden, who, who got Richie or Crash? Who? Rusty Harden represented somebody where he made his name. He's just a, another goofball from freaking Texas. Uh, he's repping Deshaun Watson, talking about something like something to the effect of all happy endings aren't a bad thing or just, just <laughs> what? something stupid. Yeah, man. It's like, oh, God.
5: Oh, man. Well, yeah. You know, hey, I couldn't I couldn't cheer for uh, Baker Mayfield for a whole nother list of reasons. But when they hired this guy, it's like, what am I supposed to do? My team is not my team. And I've been watching these guys for longer than uh, uh, Richie has been alive. So it's you know, I just can't I can't bring myself. This is like the camel breaker, the line in the sand. I can't I can't do it.
4: Rusty Harden's clients have included NASCAR driver Kurt Kurt Busch, who was accused Mm. of domestic abuse against his former girlfriend, Mm -hmm. Roger Clemens. We have, uh, of course, Deshaun Watson, Michael Bennett, Calvin Murphy, Rafer Alston, Rudy Tomjanovich.
1: Damn. A bunch. Yeah. Step, man. Let me see if I can find an exact quote. Again, we're digging a rabbit hole here, Freak Nation. But um, (laughs) he mentioned something. Uh, During a Raider interview, the the dude representing Deshad Watson.
2: A Raider interview?
1: Radio radio interview, sorry. uh, Talked about. uh, Rusty Harden contends that uh, with the sexual activity during the massage, uh, uh, happy endings aren't always a bad thing.
5: It's like, my gosh. (laughs) That's the man you want speaking for you. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. They wouldn't they yeah. wouldn't put that in law and order for crying out loud. How are they gonna have that in a real thing? Now, here's the fun.
1: exact quote. I don't know how many men are out there now that have had a massage that perhaps occasionally there <laughs> there was a happy ending he, <laughs> he would see then he two days later he says, Oh, it's just a, a hypothetical. It's like
5: what? Oh Yeah, well we got the president saying the you know, worse than that. And he's he got he sat in the Oval Office.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, Freak Nation, what I originally wanted to talk about. Now, that, again, we've been digging rabbit holes for the ne- first
5: 22 years of our life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the subtext of the show, the Freak Nation and a rabbit hole. Yeah, uh, uh,
1: there's a battle going on with Formula One, and it's in regards to the TV rights, according to Business Insider, of co- uh, according to ESPN. Uh, it's going up. We're going up against NBC Universal, Amazon, and Netflix to take over Formula One coverage, starting in 2023. Disney's reportedly involved. Uh, currently paying five million per year to air Formula One races in the United States,
2: which is pennies—five million a year for Formula One, <laughs> one of the biggest sports properties in the world, and getting so much more popular in the U.S.
1: Uh, they put in a seventy million dollar bid, and it looks like Liberty Media statman's now seeking a hundred million dollars.
5: You know, it would I it hear. would be pure. It'd be they people would <laughs> deserve to walk out of the meeting if Liberty Media screws this up. Uh, ESPN took the risk to run the races with no commercials and uh they built an audience along with you know helped by this uh series reality show on netflix and they built an audience for them and so now they everybody standing in line to make a bid for the audience that espn built and if they snatch it away from espn after they took that risk i'd be i'd be real disappointed i'd be extremely disappointed especially if it ended up with um uh, an american network that will go nameless if i don't know if we should uh but every every F- six BT? minutes yeah well yeah every six minutes they have a four-minute commercial i mean it just it's it's insane the number of commercials uh you know and, and fox for crying out loud when they first started showing um uh, Maybe it was NBC, as a matter of fact. When they were showing NASCAR races, I remember one Sunday cutting between the football game and the NASCAR race. Oh, that and, would be NBC then. And it took six times to before I would, was <laughs> able to switch over and see some racing. Every time I switched over from the football game, it was a commercial. Six Ooh. straight times so uh if they if espn builds an audience and liberty media takes that audience and tries to go somewhere else with it i'd be i'd be willing to sue i'd be i'd be real upset about that
2: okay but arguably was five million dollars really a risk and arguably, did yeah, it ESPN really build this audience when most of the audience, you could say, have come because of the documentary. Not documentary well, we don't we don't reality know the series
5: drive to survive. Certainly that helped that. Maybe that even built the audience but the, what kept the audience was seeing a race with no commercials and uh the, if that was that was definitely a risk of 5 million dollars even though they didn't send anybody to the race they didn't even send anybody to charlotte to voice the race they just plugged into uh Eurosport and played that and that's good enough for me i just want to see the race without going to commercial every 6 minutes for four Four minutes at right. a time so that and that's why people tested at the water and liked it and stayed just just to give you an idea of, of the numbers we're dealing with here according to the
4: associated press fox and nbc combined paid 8.2 billion dollars for the nascar tv rights contract that started in 2015 and is going to run through 2024 yeah. So you can, do, you can do the math there. It was mm-hmm. just, I, I, don't, I don't exactly know. I'm terrible at math, but they just, but that just giving a million
2: idea. a year.
5: Eight billion total. Oh, eight billion eight, for eight,
2: the eight, multiple years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. $8.2 yeah.
4: $8. billion across 10 years.
5: About the okay. same as a, a good quarterback or a good left handed yeah. pitcher. <laughs> okay. Here you go, Stat. Uh,
2: okay. So that's on par then with what Formula One Liberty Media is asking. All right.
5: Yeah, they're 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 not going to get billions if they if they get a hundred million a year for five years, they they should.
2: That's a half a billion.
5: Yeah, but that's a half a billion is not eight. And then I like rich you, even if he's bad at math, could could understand that. <laughs> How much time do we have, man? We eat. time God, where does the time
1: go? Conversations. Uh, Statman has uh, made it known that. The ARCA Series winners that we've had on over the last four years are are some of the best interviews we've had just because there's there's no pretense there. And so many other items that uh, I don't have time to mention. Corey Heim has worked his way up through the ARCA Series and has been coming in here many, many times. And what this dude, he's running part-time with Kyle Busch Motorsports in the Truck Series. Got a hell of a truck underneath him. What does this guy do? He goes out and grabs the pole. On a racetrack where the trucks have run, by the way, in at uh, WWT Raceway, he grabs the pole, and goes out and wins the damn race. And as you'll see with this interview coming up after the break, he's just one of the nicest cats around. Uh, Corey Heim, your NASCAR Truck Series pole sitter and winner, joins us next here in the Speed Freaks pits, and then big old fat Lucas Oil Studios. <laughs>
0: Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.
2: Hey Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions... Excellent handling and traction in off-road situations or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at generaltire.com. General Tire, supporting the freak nation for two decades. Oh, wow,
3: Lucas, it works. I run Lucas Oil.
4: It doesn't matter if you're on the water,
3: driving to work, or competing in a sold-out stadium. Lucas Oil products will help you get the most out of your vehicle. Monster Jam has run Lucas Oil in and on our trucks for over 10 years.
4: We wouldn't run anything else.
3: Lucas
0: Oil, the official
4: oil of Monster
0: Jam.
1: A hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MavTV Plus to the MavTV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast scheduled. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil 8 Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MavTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24 7, 365. Dear Lucas Oil, I've used your heavy-duty oil stabilizer in my
0: truck for years. It now has over a half million miles. It's not a diesel. It's never been rebuilt. Your oil stabilizer does exactly what it says it'll do. It has extended the life of my engine. Just want to say thanks. Sincerely, Josh H. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer.
5: It works time is more valuable today there's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best that's where lucas oil slick mist speed wax steps up it's great for paint chrome glass and vinyl lucas oil slick mist simply mists on and then wipes off leaving a new car shine every time it's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces for a complete detail there's also slick mist interior or slick mist tire and trim shine lucas oil it works
1: Mark my words, 8:40 Pacific, 11:40 Eastern time on a Sunday night, January 5th, that Corey Heim is going to Go on to even bigger and better things than what he's done already, winning numerous ARCA series races, winning NASCAR truck series races, grabbing poles, which he did both this weekend in St. Louis. Uh, just a nice guy, has no pretense about him. Statman pointed it out uh, several years ago, and you can go ahead and elaborate a little bit, Statman, how these – its we didn't believe it how these Arca series drivers with these interviews, man, these guys in these feeder feeder series
5: were a little bit more compelling than some of these top NASCAR cup series drivers without question. They say they're not getting media training, but these kids are smart and they give intelligent interviews and they got, they're showing personality. Uh, Mm -hmm. and I hope it doesn't go away.
1: Well, Corey Heim, we caught up with him again, your pole sitter for the NASCAR truck series race and your winner from the NASCAR NASCAR Truck Series race at uh, WWT Raceway. It's Corey Heim now in the Freak Nation Lucas Oil Studios. Sitter for the NASCAR Truck Series here at WWT Raceway. Corey Heim, who's been in the Freak Nation many times. Corey, I'm just getting so freaking confused what series you're running in. Next thing you know, you're going to be running a freaking IMSA car, and i got to put that on your resume. Uh, <laughs> do you get confused about who to thank and what series you're running in from time to time?
8: Uh, yeah, sometimes. I've been there for before, for sure. But Cobbush uh, Motorsports this week has done a great job for me. Um, this 51 JBL, Tundra Charity Pro Group, has done a phenomenal job the last three weeks, really, uh, that I've run. I've, we've run... Second in qualifying the last two weeks, I believe. And then we finally clicked out the pole right there. So, uh, you know, I say finally, this is my sixth start this year. But um, they've just done an awesome job throughout the year.
1: You guys had a little bit of practice before your, your pole run there. Did you know you had the car or did you have to make adjustments after that practice round?
8: I feel like we've always got the truck. I feel like we've always got, you know, the speed every single week. And, you know, like I mentioned, we, we qualified second the last two weeks. So um, I knew the speed would be there. Um, but funny enough, after after I was done qualifying, I told my guys, I was I think I was 20th to qualify. So there's still 19 more after me. And I told my guys, like, I don't really know if that was a great lap. Like, I feel like the last two weeks I, I ran pretty much perfect. And then this week I'm like, uh, I don't know about that one. So um, funny enough, we got the pole. Uh, I was pretty surprised by that. Honestly, the truck just must have a lot of speed.
2: Are you okay with how things have gone over the last couple of years in which you don't get much practice at any of these tracks? Are you a person that can adapt pretty easily because of that?
8: yeah there's there's goods and bads to that for sure i feel like the goods are um throughout the week my team is able to prepare on sim as you know other teams may not be able to uh we have a lot of resources at the shop and and at the uh, trd center in salisbury north carolina that uh, really allow us to kind of get an upper leg on people but at the same time i don't have a lot of experience at these racetracks so um luckily i've been here before which i feel like definitely factored into the success Mm -hmm. today but um you know for example texas um atlanta places like that have been a little bit rough on that side where i've just never really seen the racetrack Mm -hmm. and it's been tough to adapt so uh really just kind of differs in and out on on a weekly basis
2: and then what has clicked for you because like you did reference the momentum that you're on right now two seconds now a, a first you're a poll qualifier what changed what what led to this momentum if anything in particular I really feel like just seat
8: time in general is really big for me. Um, This is my, I feel like 11th start total in the truck series. And, um, you know, with every start, I feel like I get a little bit better. So uh, hopefully that, you know, progress keeps on coming and I can continue getting better.
1: You mentioned you've run here before. Did that pay off? In your qualifying run,
8: hundred percent, and just you know, unloading in practice and having a pretty good idea of what the track's going to be like. And I also tested actually two weeks ago. I got a rookie test um, here at Gateway, so I feel like that really gave me an upper <laughs> leg on the, on the field a little bit right there. So uh, that helped me a lot. But um, you know, for the most part, I feel like just that entire race and experience kind of giving me an idea on where the track's going to move around, where the grip level is, and and just overall just giving me seat time, like I mentioned.
1: What are the advantages, like the Craftins of the world, and I think the Benedetto's running the full time series. Mm-hmm the guys who are running trucks full-time series, what advantages does that give them outside of the obvious because uh, you come out here and get the p- freaking pole. I mean, is it all about Calabush Motorsports and that truck? Yeah, I believe
8: that's most of it for sure. I mean, we've had sp- we've had speed every single week like I touched on earlier. But um, I feel like, you know, just just my preparation during the week as far as mm-hmm. doing research and really just going online and just doing all I can to know every single aspect of the race track before I get there is definitely huge with, with the amount of practice we get. 20 mm-hmm. minutes is, is definitely tough um, on the team to be able to just make the truck perfect. You know what I mean? We get, I think we got 15 laps today and luckily we end loaded pretty much right where we needed to be mm-hmm. but um, you know if you come to the racetrack and you're off a little bit that's you know that's not good you know you're gonna have to <laughs> throw the kitchen sink at it to make it perfect so um, you know like you mentioned you know the Craftins and the Dipendetos just have all that seat time so I feel like that really helps them more on the on the racing side of things you know rather than just the pure speed I mean mm-hmm. you're, you're only able to go as fast as your truck is capable of and, and my Tundra TD Pro has been super fast this year so uh, luckily I've been able to take advantage of that but um, you know, once the green flag drops, it's a whole different world out there. And I feel like that's where they really, uh, that's where they really know how to race.
2: I'm still laughing because you are just rolling through. We talked at the top of this interview about how sometimes could sponsors be confusing going from series to series, but you're just rolling with it. You just, it just goes right off your tongue. Like you're a 10, 20 year pro.
8: Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. It just comes with a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, practice, I guess.
2: As does driving. Like you were saying, <laughs> seat right. time.
1: That's right. <laughs> Richard Petty was standing in the same front of the same banner that you are and he was talking about how frankly sim racing for him uh, doesn't think it would do him any good but again i'm not going to argue with the king but it seems to be doing quite a bit of good for you guys who don't get the practice at these tracks
8: absolutely it plays a lot for the drivers as far as just getting um you know kind of like i mentioned just as far as going online and, and looking at research i mean then you get the aspect of just actually you know, being hands-on and actually driving the truck, even if it's not real life, it at least gives you a better idea, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and half of it, it's it's that, and half of it's really just letting the team make adjustments and also just building up that communication aspect of it. Um, Whereas, you know, if I was just to talk to them at the shop, it's one thing, but if I can actually go out and make practice laps on a simulator and really communicate with them as if I'm actually practicing, I can get a better idea of how to give feedback and how they can communicate with me in the whole nine yards.
2: Well, yeah, we see drivers, it's, it's more typical, I think, for road courses than it is for ovals, they walk the track and that's where they find the bumps or the, the whatever they find that, that's going to help them or hurt them. So, yeah, you're doing that essentially on sim. It's, it's got to help.
8: A hundred percent. Yeah. Week in and out. I mean, I'm on there, I think, uh, anywhere between three and a half to seven hours, just running laps all by myself, just trying to get used to the racetrack. And normally when there's four corners and you're on an oval, (laughs) it's not terribly hard to get used to that. So, um, that's kind of the, the other aspect of racing for me. You know, I feel like I've been able to go out and have a lot of speed on a weekly basis, but racing is still something that I'm, you know, improving on, on the daily, you know, just being able to kind of find my groove and find a good pace and be able to run 150, 200, whatever it may be laps out not
2: race. Yeah. Cause then there's the endurance factor. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do to get ready for that? Are you a weightlifter? Are you a runner? Are you a anything? A little bit of everything, really. Yeah. We have a uh, Toyota
8: Performance Center back in Cornelius, oh, North Carolina. Right. And,
2: um, yeah, we, we go there
8: every, every other 20 or so drivers that are all with the toy program. So Uh, every day I go there and work out and I really just make it a, make it a habit to. Just stay hydrated and really just keep my nutrition up too. Okay. Uh, I got a really strict diet that I feel like is, is really benefiting me on race days. But um, I'm still trying to shut off a little bit of this weight, but we're <laughs> we're getting there.
1: So who's the biggest slacker when it comes to working out? Uh, I
8: can't I can't say names. Sometimes me, really. I go in waves, like, where sometimes I'm super motivated, I'm just hus- hustling right through it, and I have great workouts. And sometimes it's just tough, you know. I feel like racing is definitely like a mentally tough sport. And I mean, you, mm-hmm. I'm always super occupied, super busy. So sometimes going into the gym and and hustling for an hour is pretty tough, but. <laughs> I try my best.
1: Freak Nation, Corey, Haim here in the Freak Nation once again. Your poll sitter for the NASCAR Truck Series, dude. Thanks for doing this, man.
8: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
1: Come on, stat, man. I mean, that uh, guy. <laughs> you know like, what? Can you say about uh, about a, a dude? who's running part-time trucks. He's winning in trucks. He won in the ARCA series, and he's just a he's
5: just a pro. And he he handled the interview. How many people in 22 years we've talked to people who have been behind the wheel of any kind of race car for so many years, and they don't even know how to answer the question. I mean this 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 is a this is a kid who, uh, uh, you know, like you said, is winning, going fast, stepping up in class. And, uh, you know, has got an answer and he's engaging and and, and he's, he's got, he's going to get fans and more fans as he grows because he is, uh, likable. And he freaking wins. How about that? What a concept. What a concept. You know, he's, he's a good kid, good driver, knows how to win, came out of the Billy Venturini stable. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. a, he's a, he's a good kid. I mean, Crasher, you've seen enough of, of him to
1: realize that this cat's got the chops to, to do what he needs to do to win races.
5: Oh,
2: without question. Without question. I'm excited to see him go further through the ranks and see what he really can do. First of all, what team he will end up with when it comes to Xfinity and hopefully Cup, because that makes a difference as well. But yeah, then to see what he can do with his own chops.
5: Yeah, see, and I, I hope yeah. he doesn't get pushed by Toyota too quickly uh, and ends mm-hmm. up running mid-pack in cup. And, uh, you know, oh, he was so good. What happened? You know, I mean, yeah. if he gets pushed yeah. too quickly, if he sticks in trucks for a while, wins some there, lo- knows how to win. We don't have time to go into my long song and dance about what a driver needs to do. So uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's a good kid. I hope he's got good uh, social media skills to go along with his good personality. He he could be very. We could be saying Corey Heim for a long time.
1: All right, I need to bring his music in here. It's a Sunday night. Crasher's oh, face, <laughs> Richie's, Richie's face, Crasher's face. It's a long, been a long god dang week and a half
2: two weeks two three weeks,
1: weeks <laughs> yeah you know. Year. 22 years I mean, Triple F got me some good uh, some good not much motorsports but I don't have all of my facilities with me that I need to uh, get into that.
2: oh the not much motorsports sounder and yeah. the, the background music oh so this is what you've chosen yeah you that's sort of chose what I've chosen what is this by the way
1: uh, this is uh, again we talked about this last hour how uh, I spent a good five six minutes with Dale Earnhardt Jr. 15 years ago, 16 years ago.
2: And the interview never came out. Yeah.
1: Statman, the same with uh, Shav Glick. Who was it? Ken Block. It was Ken
2: Block? <laughs> One of the biggest names in the world. I know it. It
5: doesn't mean I'm going to Shav- remember his name, Crash. I can tell you a great story about Shav no, Glick. No, and us no, no, laughing no, about no, it no, in the no, Irwindale no, parking lot. No, what a no, great man no. he was. Yeah,
1: uh, Shav was the but, man. You know, it's... Uh, Richard Petty. The greatest stock car driver ever. All right. Here we are about to interview him and uh, Crashers. Uh, Here
2: we go again.
1: Huh. Crasher's got the camera. All right, Crasher, you got this? Yeah, no, yeah. no problem. Got this. Get your petty. Hanging out by his car, number 43. Eric Jones about to go out and get some practice laps in there.
2: Car fires up. Here we- so again, oh, that's what you're pulling up. Yeah. There's Richard oh, Petty's legs. No. Yeah. There's, well, okay. The king.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's the king's legs right there, man. If you're watching this on
5: YouTube. Why
2: awesome. would you hand me the camera with it already running?
5: Yeah, Just see, saying. We've had the queen's birthday all weekend and now we got the king's legs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yes, basically for people that did not hear this first hour, We got an interview with the King, with Richard Petty, in the media center, and that it all ended up just fine. But this is how it started. Our first attempt was just blown out of the water because not only did they want us to do it in the garages, right as the cars fired up, and that's fine. That still would have worked okay. But then when Kenny handed me the camera, unbeknownst to me, it had already started recording. And so by the time I positioned it right... And pressed the button to record it. I actually, ax- basically, what that did was pause it. I paused the actual recording because it was already started. Well, we were I had out no on the, idea.
1: We we're out on the grid, and it was getting kind of loud out there. The trucks were lighting up to get a little practice. They said, "Let's go in the garage where all the cup cars are lighting up," Because you can hear here. <laughs> yeah, and Richard Petty has his hearing aids in, and he's talking. He says, "He says I may not be able to hear you," so I'm screaming at the guy, but it was never recorded, man. So here it is. Uh, the King, how's it going, man? I'm about to record the interview. No, in- and again, if if you're li- just listening to this on one of the many affiliates, just imagine you got one of the greatest drivers ever in all of motorsports. Oh, yeah. And uh, right now we're looking at his boots. No everything. That's how loud that's, it was, all right? A
2: loud garage. i get real close to you. And there's Kenny's I'll get hand. real
1: close to you. And what's even better is the, the freaking, ca- look at the camera sideways, Crash. What the hell were you doing? I was just waiting for you guys to get set. Again, I had no idea
2: you had already started it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm waiting for you guys to get set. And then I'm once you're set, I'm going to pull the camera up and then press the button.
1: Here it is. <laughs> All right. Ready? I got Rich. Uh, King, how's it going, babe? I know, right? All right. Yeah, how's it going? You see my crotch there? Watch yeah, this. Okay. All right. That's it. <laughs>
2: All right. And I'm like, okay, good. Yep, that, that's, that's where it. I press.
5: Yep, you go. And a crash it, it, crash enters the free call of fame. There yep. it is right there.
2: Ah, uh, yeah. But hey, what's right after that? All right.
1: That's it.
2: No, no, no. And then the next part is when listen. the interview is done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, thanks, King.
1: <laughs> How's it going, Richard? All
2: right.
4: Oh, that's just lovely. This is why you guys need me around. Yes, yes. Money all to set things straight. Then then
2: we can even fast forward to today. Kenny wants to do a grid walk and we get the mics, the lavaliers set up. And then (laughs) they start basically setting up over each other. It's TMI. TMI. It is TMI, but it's just funny because Richie's right. That's why we need him there, because clearly we have so much going on that we screw things up. All
5: right. Plus we gotta get we gotta it's get Richie use- we gotta get Richie in the Hall of Fame too. You mm-hmm. know?
4: Yes,
2: true.
5: True.
4: Yeah. All uh, right. Show's pretty much over. I'll I'll save my story for later.
2: No. Oh.
1: Yeah.
2: We have three minutes. No, we do no,
1: not. We have like
4: forty five seconds. Oh yeah. well there you that, go. Actually.
1: Yeah. Whoa. I'm gonna be on Pacific time here this time tomorrow night. I'm gonna love that.
2: You're gonna be in bed.
1: All right, Freak Nation. Thank you guys for making this thing possible. Lucas Old man. Bam. Shoot the juice to the moose, and it's Adamus Maximus. Cut it. (laughs) Cut it loose.
0: Speed Freaks.
1: Motorsports Radio. Redefined.